right, all right, all right. I'm Joe Turner, and this is the City Manager Unfiltered Podcast, a podcast for city managers and other public sector executives. Really excited to have this conversation with uh, my buddy Jordan Cook. We've uh, had some communications now for months. Uh, he goes back a ways because he still jokingly calls me uh, Hoffa in uh, some of our messages when we are conversing on LinkedIn. Hey, Jordan, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce the audience to yourself and, and give a little background on your uh, city management career? Yeah, thanks, Joe, for having me. My name is Jordan Cook, and I currently serve the city of Nevada, Iowa, as their city administrator. My career kind of has been a little different. I started out in a completely different field and uh, went back and got my master's or received my master's in urban studies and in public administration. And I, I really got my first government gig when I was in my master's program and I worked in the public works department. I served as the assistant to the city engineer for La Vista, Nebraska. And then after I graduated, I still worked there for about three or four months, five months maybe total, and got hired on as the city administrator in Clarion, Iowa. I was there for about a year and nine months total. And then the council and I both decided that it just was not the right fit for me. And they really needed to have someone that was from that area, from that community and serve their city. So I took a little bit of a hiatus, about nine months, actually, to be exact. And I just took some time to figure out if this was the career I wanted to continue to be in. And after about three or four months of just hanging out, doing random stuff, I really missed the profession and missed what I was doing, missed my peers and really wanted to get back into it. So I started really applying for a lot of jobs that I wanted, not necessarily just to get a job. I, I really took my time and figured out places that I wanted to be. And Nevada was one of them. And I did apply for that job two times total. Second time was kind of my lucky break where I was able to get into the interview process and I was successful in that interview process. So I've been there since June of 2020. And so I'm going on, this will be my fourth year in June. I'll be there four years. Awesome. Awesome. Before we get into your stint with Nevada, I have a, a, some questions for you regarding your clarion experience. So you're there for about a year and nine months. So you didn't hit that full two year mark and you guys mutually agreed to part ways. Were you at all concerned based off of your experience with the profession, you know, the ICMA two year rule, things of that sort of nature? Were you concerned that your short stint might hurt you and your ability to get a job at a later date or did that not really factor into the equation uh, whatsoever? Yeah, it, it did concern me. You know, you hear about that all the time. You got to stay there for at least two years or or you're, you're probably not going to get another job. So it was a big concern of mine. But ultimately, I figured that my personality would probably rise to the occasion and get me into that, that job that I wanted. And if I had to start at a lower position or a different position, I was willing to do that as long as I knew I was going to be in the city administrator job eventually, whether it was at that community or uh, a different community. But I just knew I wanted to get back into it. I really kind of just thought it was going to work out. You know, it was kind of blind faith. I just, you know, not to get onto religious terms or anything, but I, I kind of left my hands in, into God's hands and just really kind of said, well, if he wants me to be in this job or this type of work, he'll get me the job that I, I want, you know, one of the jobs that I apply for. If not, it was a great 
short little stint and I'll try my talents elsewhere with something else, whether it was privately or starting something myself or something along those lines. So when you were out of, out of work for about nine months or whatnot, uh, if you don't mind my asking, how did you, how did you make ends meet? how did you pay your bills? Because you're, you know, you were, weren't there for a long time. You just started your career. You weren't established. Okay. And eight months is a long time to go without a stable paycheck. So what was the plan? If you don't mind my asking, or how did you navigate that, uh, those waters? Well, I, I did get a, a severance package from them. Okay. Um, so that really helped, but, um, I really didn't spend a lot of money. I only bought the things that I needed. So I paid my bills every single month. I bought the groceries and I really just didn't spend a lot of money. And Clarion is not that expensive of a community. And my house payment was not very expensive. It was the first house that I purchased and I had a good rate on it. And my mortgage was extremely cheap. And so I was I was really fortunate. I didn't really have that many bills. I did have obviously my student loans, but fortunately I was able to get those paused for the time being. And, and so it just, it worked out, you know, I, do you, do you mind my asking you uh, what your uh, severance, how many months of severance you got when you left Clarion? Because, you know, I talk about that quite a bit in the podcast and LinkedIn post about how important it is to have that protection so that you have the ability to take your time and search for the right, you know, the next spot for your, your career. Yeah, it was six months. Okay, that's great. I mean, I, I, it's, you know, a lot of people don't get six months and I think at a minimum everyone should be at six months. But when you get six months, that really buys you some breathing room, right, to really kind of look for that next gig. Yeah, we had a really good attorney for the city of Clarion, and he was a big proponent proponent of really following through with that six months. And I think the whole entire council is different there. There may be one or two people on the council that were there as well, but I also had good support on with some of the council members that really leveraged that as well. And I thank them for that because, to be honest with you, I don't know how I would have made ends meet if if I didn't get that six months, it definitely would have been tougher. Exactly. Right. And you know, that's the thing I I, I try to preach and I'm not trying to be the, you know, the, the patron saint of severances or whatnot, but you know, it's so important in my opinion for city managers, for city administrators to have a solid severance, because usually when you have a severance is because something, the separate, there was a separation, right? It didn't end. Mm -hmm. Usually it didn't end well, right? In this case, it was a mutually agreed upon separation, but we all know that when you're looking for another job and you only was someplace for less than two years, that that can hurt and have hinder your ability to get your next gig. And so if you don't have a solid severance, then you are sometimes facing the pressure of taking the next job, which might not be a very good situation, but you need to take a job in order to put food on the table. And then you get in this, you get in this sort of negative spiral in your professional career, because now you might be in two consecutive gigs that have not you know, panned out very well. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so that's why it's, that's why I always preach about the whole severance package now. So you, you have the severance and you're able to take your time. And earlier you talked about wanting to find the right opportunity, not just applying for jobs for the sake of applying for jobs, not just to get hired, to get hired. What were you looking for in your next opportunity? You know, you, you had a little bit less than two years of experience, but you had some experience. So you had a little bit of an understanding of maybe what you wanted or didn't want in your next gig. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. So some of the things that I was really looking for was really the type of community that I grew up in, the type of community that I wanted my future family to be a part of. And so Nevada has great education, great school system, great athletics. 
The community is extremely inviting and friendly. And those are a lot of the things that I I saw in, in Nevada when I drove up here for the interview. Before the interview, uh, I I was in Nevada one time in my life, and I, I I knew I was getting an interview, so I decided I needed to drive up there and check it out. So I, I drove up there. I checked it out for, I think I was driving around town for two hours, and I was liking what I saw, and I was doing research on everything. And so really the quality of life standpoint was, was where I was looking at. You know, it's 40 minutes from Des Moines. Uh, which is a pretty decent sized city in in Iowa. Uh, it was 15 minutes from Ames, where Iowa State is. It wasn't too far away from a larger city, and I didn't. I knew I didn't want to be in a city living in Omaha in the past and Fort Collins, and so I was looking for a smaller community, not too small, but a smaller community that was really fitting for my future goals, which was starting a family, having kids, and making sure that the education for my kids were, um, or kid now, I guess, um, were going to be good for him. Uh, so those are kind of the things that I was really looking at. Crime rate, obviously, was something that I was you know, curious about. I didn't want to go to a community that had high crime rate or high drugs or right. any of those type of things. So I, I looked into those things as well. And Nevada is just a good all-around community, and I'm thankful that I they took a chance on me, and I'm thankful that I'm I'm their city administrator because I do really enjoy my job here. So when you were looking at Nevada, it was checking the boxes on a personal level, right? Family and all the other attributes that you're looking for. What kind of uh, research or boxes did it check on a professional basis, or how much time did you spend looking at that dynamic, whether it's the composition of the governing body, stability of past city administrators, so forth and so on? What, what kind of look under the hood did you do for that? So my friend, Matt, is actually the former city administrator there, and he left that position to be the chief of staff over in Council Bluffs. So I reached out to him, and I called him, and he, he loved the job. He, he really enjoyed it. He just was looking for his next step. Um, and that's what, one of the reasons why he left. He had nothing negative to say about the community. The mayor is, is great. He's one of the best mayors I have ever been around, served under. You know, he said the council was amazing. The council still is amazing. I mean, they're very supportive. They're very progressive in, a, in the way where they want to see change, positive change in the community. And those were a concern as well. But, you know, after talking with Matt about it, he reassured me that this would have been a, a perfect place for me. And I, I trusted him and I'm, I'm glad that I did because it, it is a great place. And the mayor is awesome. He's very vocal about things. He's He has a very strong stance on community involvement and doing the right thing. And our council's the exact same way. So uh, this gentleman, Matt, your friend, was he the immediate predecessor to you or was there a gap in between his tenure of service and your tenure of service? So he, I want to say he left, um, there was almost, I think there was about a year of, of no city administrator. Okay. And we had our city clerk be the interim for a time being and our public safety director at the time, our public safety director is actually getting ready to retire, but he was the interim for a short time as well. 
So yeah, I, there was probably about a year gap that they didn't have a city administrator, but yeah, he was my immediate predecessor. Awesome. So yeah, so he had fresh experience and you was able, you know, it was obviously the very recent and you could tap into that. And obviously if you're getting your, your friend who's signing off and giving you the stamp of approval, it's, you felt really comfortable going into this gig, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious about this and I, I didn't mean to segue into this, but I am kind of curious because you're a young man. I think you're, what, what are you in your mid thirties? Yeah, thirty five. Right? Yeah, yep. so you you still got a long road ahead of you. I'm I'm quite a bit ahead of you as far as age, but I've just gotten to the business, you know, within the last five years. You're happy with Nevada. You got a young, beautiful family that you're you know you're growing and and you're spending time there. Do you have any desire to go to a larger community, make more money, more responsibilities? Where 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 does that where how do you reconcile that with where you're at now in Nevada? Because one of the fascinating things about our profession is it's very it can be very very transient in nature for a variety of reasons, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you would have asked me that a couple of years ago, it may have been different, but you know, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. I don't make all the money in the world, but I make good money and I'm comfortable with that. To me, money isn't everything. I've been broke before. I've made good money in the past as well. And I've really come to realize that it's everything else that kind of makes me happy rather than the money itself. So as long as my quality of life is still good and family is happy and everything on the council and the mayor's side stay positive, which I think that they will be. And as long as I don't burn them out, I guess you could say, I, I, I don't plan on leaving. I, awesome. I haven't, I haven't even looked at any other jobs actually since I've been here because I've just enjoyed it. And I have great staff too. And that's, extremely important. You know, my, my staff, some of them are young, some of them are, have been in, in the game for a long time. So they're seasoned, they know things. And I really bounce things off their shoulders as well. And I really think that's probably part of the reason why I enjoy it here so much is because of the staff, because of the council, because of the mayor and the people are great here as well. So to answer your question short now, no, I, I don't plan on leaving and I haven't thought about leaving either. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, now we got all the, uh, the housekeeping items, uh, disposed of, uh, Jordan, I want to get into some of the nitty gritty, some of the things I'm really excited to kind of delve into because we've had some interesting conversations about the subject matter about recruitments and recruiters, uh, before this interview. And one of the things that's fascinating about your experience with Nevada, and you kind of alluded to it earlier in the conversation was that you applied twice, uh, but what you didn't put, what you didn't disclose in the earlier part of the conversation was that you actually applied the first time when Nevada was using a recruitment firm, and you I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I guess I will. You you didn't really get a sniff on the opportunity, and then what happened? Walk us through. How do you how do you end up in a gig when you didn't get a sniff the first time with the recruitment firm? Yeah, you know, I was kind of offended a little bit because they said I wasn't qualified. And I, even though I've only been at that point, I was only really in, in the game for about two years, not even two years, a year and nine months. I really felt that I was qualified to do the job just with my background and my previous job experiences. You know, I've, I've been managing people since I've been around 18 years old. So I, I was offended and I took it personally, you know, and I almost didn't apply the second time, but I'm glad that I did. And the reason I applied was because I was like, you know what, if I get turned down again, that's okay. But I'm really going to not like myself if I don't apply for it again, just to see, because honestly, I kind of just felt like it was the right place for me. 
But the the second time you applied was not through the recruitment firm, right? So can you it walk us not. through that? So the first time to go through, there's through a recruitment firm, and then the second walk us through that whole uh, that timeline. Yeah. So the first first uh, stint that was definitely through a recruitment firm, and I think that is a big reason why I didn't get the job. Is is because... you didn't fit the traditional mold, right? You didn't exactly. fit the safe. You weren't the safe pick, right? The safe candidate. Exactly. So. Um, at least on paper, I mean, you know, yeah, yep. On paper. Correct. Yeah. And then the second time it was internally, everything was done internally and they brought, I can't remember how many people were in the interview process, but I want to say it was about five or six that I was competing against at that time. And they took a chance on me, but yeah, you know, it was, it was all done internally the second time. And I think that was what they found to be most successful. And I think that was the reason why they wanted to do it internally because previously it just didn't work out with that recruitment firm. Yeah. You know, uh, the reason why I really wanted to focus on this a little bit, Jordan, is because I don't consider myself a traditional city management candidate. And I've often felt that when I go through some of these process, I haven't gone through a ton of recruitments, but I've always felt that I've performed better or ranked higher when the recruitment was done internally by the organization itself, as opposed to the, hiring of a national recruiter or recruitment firm. The irony is, is that philosophically speaking, I do tend to believe that hiring an external firm to handle the recruitment is probably the better way to go, but I don't think it necessarily is the best way to go if you're trying to find candidates who are non-traditional or do not fit the traditional mold, I guess. So there's a little bit of a conundrum for me there. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, the one thing that I would say about recruitment firms is, you know, they're very kind of by the book. They really, you know, if it says four to seven years of experience, they look at that four to seven years of experience. If it's preferred to have a master's degree and candidate A or B does not have a master's degree, that can go against them. I don't think that recruitment firms are bad. I think they're great. I agree with you. I, I think there's a need for them. And in a lot of chances they work out, but at the same time, you know, a lot of communities need that internal side of things because it works out better for them with the staff, with the council, because in reality, they're the ones that are most in check with their community. They know the community best. They know what is going to fit in that community. They know what is going to work with the, with the rest of the group. And that's what's most important is hiring someone that is going to fit in their departments, in their community, and be positive for the community. Because right, right. It, no matter how what route you go, it's a change for the community as well. I mean, you're hiring someone else. You're, you're taking a leap of faith on this person because what you know about them is on social media or through the paper that or the resume that they sent in for that job. You don't truly know that person until they get in there and they're in there for a certain amount of time and showing their true colors about everything. True, true. And I do think, you know, there's so many there's so many pros and cons and I don't want to sound wishy-washy at all, but, you know, uh, I hear what you're saying about having staff being involved and knowing the organization, knowing the community. But it is a, it is a little tricky when you have, you know, uh, an HR director and other folks who are intimately involved in the process of recruiting a future city manager or administrator. And that person's got to come in and essentially oversee those positions, right? And there's some, mm -hmm. sometimes you can have the, 
there's there's gonna be some knowledge about things that maybe they shouldn't be traditionally aware of right in terms of a candidate or background or things of that sort of nature that i find a little bit uneasy and i also sometimes wonder you know a lot of uh communities, you can have an HR director who has their own agenda or their own sort of uh, game plan of what they're trying to get accomplished. And sometimes it's not always in alignment with the governing body. And I'm not trying to cast obviously any aspersions on Nevada or anything like that, but the HR director who might be overseeing the process is not necessarily and always going to be in alignment with the governing body or could have their own built-in biases or so forth and so on. So I think that gets a little bit problematic as well. Yeah, it does, and it does in certain communities for sure. Uh, you know, in Nevada, I don't think we had that issue at all. I, I think really everything is in line. You know, you have some councils that are completely different from what the actual departments are set out to be or set out to achieve. But in Nevada, it wasn't that way. Uh, I don't. I still don't think it is that way. We all really want to achieve the same things. We want to progress in a positive way. We, we want to provide more for our, our citizens, do more for our citizens as much as we can when the money allows it. Yeah, I, I didn't see that to be an issue in Clarion, I, or I mean in Nevada. I have heard that in other communities. Yeah, we didn't have that issue in Nevada. As somebody who is naturally sort of predisposed to the idea of an internal recruitment versus an external recruitment, however, we both philosophically, I think, lean towards the idea of the external recruitment being better for the organization and for the candidate. Where do you think some of these recruitment firms are falling short in terms of how they're handling the process and, and, and what have you? Because, you know, one of my big gripes is, and I'm, I don't want to turn this into an anti-Baker Tilly or anti-recruiter rant or, or constrict you into my battle, Jordan, or anything like that. But one of the things that does give me pause for concern is that I don't always necessarily think that the recruiters out there give the candidates enough respect and professional courtesy that's due to us in our stature, our positions. And I feel like, yeah, you're hired by the city or the county government to find this, you know, to recruit this individual. And I understand that we are, as candidates, are not paying your bills as the recruiter who's doing it, right? We're not your, mm-hmm. we are not your your customer per se, but we are a secondary customer. And I feel like recruiters should be doing a better job of aligning their mission with also the way they treat and treat us in the process. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that, uh, you know, when it comes to recruiting, there's a couple of different ways you can look at it. The recruiter is obviously working for the employer, but really one thing that they are falling short of is, is really getting to know the community and understanding the community in a way that really does their job better by finding the right candidate for it. I'll use an example. When I was when I was offered a job down in, in Kansas, I went completely through. Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> we, 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 you know, I love Kansas. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, so I went through a recruiter that whole entire time and he did a great job. He, he hit, he checked off every item on the list for that community. And he did a good job with me as well. He, he was honest with me. He was forthright about everything um, and ultimately, it just it just came down that it wasn't the right community for me. I don't think he necessarily fell short. That one was on me because I probably should have told him that you know I'm not interested in this community at all. What, what do you remember? The, who's a recruiter? If you don't mind me asking, do you recall? Uh, his name was Art. I, I, Art Davis, maybe. 
Art Davis. Yep. Okay, he's Baker Tilly. Yep, yep he's a Baker Tilly guy. Yep. Okay, so, all right. Um, he did. You you, you snuck you snuck in a praise and a compliment, of Baker Tilly. I, that's that's the classic. Uh, don't ask a question of the witness if you don't know what the answer is going to be. And I screwed that up. So now Baker Tilly, Art Davis gets some uh, some good shine on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he, 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 I'll have to edit yeah. that out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no. Art Davis did a great job with me for me. Um, he was actually helping me through another job as well. And fortunately for me, the job in Nevada offered me the job before this other one did down in, in Missouri. But, you know, back to the falling short things, really where they fall short is knowing the people in the community, knowing the community, knowing the true needs of the community and not just having a body to fill that position. For, sorry to step on you there a little bit, Jordan, but you know, I, I went through a recruitment one time. I won't divulge what the organization was, but I did sort of a, a debrief, so to speak, afterwards. I, I didn't get the position, but I went through a little bit of a debrief and I learned that there was quite a bit of dissatisfaction with the recruitment firm because they felt like the recruitment firm had no clue what the governing body was ultimately about. And in this particular recruitment, I mean, we're talking about some pretty glaring obvious stuff that should have been caught as far as what type of individual or what they're looking for in a candidate. Right. And they just totally whiffed on it, mm -hmm. you know, just totally whiffed. And I think um, what's interesting is that uh, I've watched uh, some other recruitments, uh, some other communities talk about the recruitments and they complain about some of the cookie cutter sort of style, you know, copy and paste nature of these recruitment firms when they're putting together these packets and so forth and so on. And I think it kind of hits to the point of, are they just trying to find a body to fill a position or are they trying to find the right person for that, for that organization? And I do think that there's a tendency and I don't think this is being unnecessarily critical and I don't think this is being unfair. I do think there is a tendency on the part of some of these recruitment firms or some of these recruiters to be more concerned about putting a body in the chair as opposed to the right fit for that community and for the candidate. And to go even one step further, I'm going to put some of the onus on the candidates because we talked about earlier in this interview how you spent a lot of time investigating Nevada and making sure you found the right opportunities for you and your family, not only on a personal level, but on a professional level as well. Um, but I do think that that's a reoccurring issue in terms of just filling the seat with a body as opposed to the right fit. Well, yeah. And you, you you got to remember that they have a job too, and their job is to find find some find a body to put in that position that they're they're seeking, you know, for that employer. You know, not to defend recruiters, but at the same time, you know, they're they're trying their best to get someone in that position, someone qualified in that position. And going back to the downside, you know, I worked with a recruiter that really pushed public works positions on me. And that's not something that I wanted to do. I did not think I was qualified enough for that position. And I felt that if I was hired as a public works director, I would have been detrimental to that or organization or that agency rather than positive for them. Walk me through that for or unpack that for me, Jordan. So you're applying for positions, right? Ostensibly, you're looking at city manager, city administrator positions throughout a certain region or the country or whatever. And then you have a recruiter who is contacting you about these public works position and trying to get you to apply for those. I can't remember what, uh, what firm this recruiter was with or anything, but, uh, basically, you know, I reached out to him. I saw him at a conference and so I, I got to know him and I reached out to him and, uh, got to talking with him and, shared my background with him and he thought that I would have been a great fit and 
several communities that he pitched towards me. And I did apply, apply for one or two of them, but eventually I just told him I'm not interested in public works stuff. You know, I, I feel like I'm out of my league there. I think there's other people that'll do a better job in that position. So, so did you feel that he was trying to just fill a, a seat to check that box and be done with it? Or did you feel like he just saw something? Was it, I, I, did he, do you feel like he saw something in you that you weren't seeing or wh- why do you think he was so sort of, um, I don't want to say high pressure, but why would you think he was encouraging to go that route? I think it was a little bit of both. I, I thought that he saw something in me. I hope he saw something in me and he probably thought that I would have been a good fit for it. But at the same time, you know, going back to my, my statement, he had a job to do and he was trying to find as many or as qualified candidates in his eyes that would be able to fill that position. Maybe I'm a little naive to think that he saw something in me, but I, I do believe that he saw something in me and I, I don't think he probably would have spent the hours on the phone with me and helping me through certain things if he didn't see something in me. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so did it, when you're going through that process though, and you're saying, Hey, I want to be a city administrator and this guy's pushing you or not pushing out again. I don't want to be careful how I use the right language, but you know, showing you these opportunities, did you start to doubt yourself in any way as far as maybe I'm not good enough to be a city administrator? Because this guy's a recruiter who does this for a living. Did it, did it put any doubts? I mean, how did it make you feel when you're getting that sort of feedback or that sort of response from him? I'm just kind of curious what that, what that did for your psyche when you're searching out positions. Yeah, so the, there was some doubts in my mind. You know, I, I was thinking, well, shoot, maybe maybe he doesn't think I can be a city administrator. And this is his way of trying to guide me to get back into that position eventually, you know, build, like I said to you earlier, build my, build my resume up to get me back into that city administration position. Right. Being turned down from several jobs, several job interviews, getting the the standard emails of saying, unfortunately, you didn't, you didn't uh, meet the qualifications to get the, the interview. Um, yeah. It defeats you a little bit, you know, yeah. but at the same time, how many people apply for a job and get it the first time that they apply for it or right. the one job that they apply for? You know, right. and when I was not in a job or in, in that position, there was a lot of openings and there was also a lot of city administrators that were looking for other jobs. I was going against some some quality people, people, people that have been in the game for 10 years, 15 years. And, and I knew I had to compete with them because they had more experience than me. They right. understood understood things that I didn't because they have been in it a lot longer than I am. So yeah, it was it was a little a little I would say it was more humbling than anything because it it kind of gave me a different perspective over this job and you know going into going into the interview process and getting back into sending my applications and my resumes to people, I was thinking to myself, Oh yeah, I'll have a job in three months. No big deal. You know? And then <laughs> six months into it, I'm like, Oh crap. You know, I, I I'm need coming to up, just, I'm coming yeah. to guys, huh? Yeah. 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 I'm like, I, I need to step back and understand that there's so many more people that are, I would say more educated in this field than I am more qualified um, have experienced a lot more 
and I need to be aware of that. So it was kind of a humbling experience for me all around. And I want to I want to come back to that point in a minute, Jordan. But I want to stick on this uh, point for a second. Uh, do you recall if the recruiter that you were uh, working with in that process with the public works position was that a was that a recruiter who previously worked as a city manager? Because obviously, a lot of these recruiters. Uh, our lives recruitment firms, they employ recruiters who were former city managers. I was just kind of curious if you recall on that. I do not believe that he was. Okay. I, I want to say he was in um, some sort of a business development type of position before he was working for that recruitment firm. Okay. Uh, I do not believe he was he was in the government side of things. The the reason why I w- wanted to bring that point up is because I, I there is an aspect of the of the um, recruitment firm, external recruitment dynamic that kind of gives me some trouble and some pause for concern. And especially, you know, with me being so out there and vocal with my position now, although it's kind of like, you know, I've already crossed the Rubicon a long time ago. Um, but there is a certain element of the recruitment process for public sector managers where if you don't have a good relationship with the uh, recruiter, right, or perhaps you've gotten sideways for in past dealings or, you know, maybe in a previous life when they were still working as a city manager, you're a city manager, and for whatever reasons, you guys just don't get along. There's always that concern of like, okay, am I going to get sort of blacklisted or not treated fairly in this process, right? I mean, yeah, but it, and that's also another downside to recruiters. Have they worked in the government before? Have they been in that position? If they have been in that position, they're probably a little bit more qualified to recruit city managers or city administrators rather than the people that are in a private sector working for a recruitment firm trying to do the same thing. You talk a little bit about blacklisted, and I remember talking with this gentleman. I can't remember what his name was anymore because it's been five or six years, but I told him, you know, I really would like to move down to Texas and get in into city administration in Texas. And he, he said, well, there's no way. And I said, well, what do you mean there's no way? And he says, you have to be in Texas in order to get a city administrative job in Texas. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? I, I have to be a city administrator in Texas before I can get a city administrator right, job. Right. <laughs> I said, how is that possible? I said, you don't think anyone's going to take a chance? He said, no, we hire within. We, we hire city managers or city administrators from Texas who want to stay in Texas. And I said, well, I said, how do you expect to get any new talent if you're hiring the same people that are getting fired or leaving in other communities? You yeah. Know? And he said, that's just how we do do things. And I, I applied for a lot of jobs in, in Texas as well. And, um, and that was, that kind of upset me a little bit. I was like, that is su- such a small way to think about things. Yeah, you know, yeah. Saying that there's no other talent outside of the state of Texas. Yeah. When there I, really is. And he, and he, he said, well, you know, you can always start as like a clerk or, you know, do something else at, in the state of Texas and be in Texas, but you have to go through all of these classes in order to do that and blah, blah, blah. And, and I was just like, well, I'm not going to, do all that. Yeah. Do all that. If I've already been a city administrator, that doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah. What what I find fascinating about our profession a little bit is that you have, not only do you have recruiters who will specialize in a certain region or area, 
but you also have certain schools, for example, in the network, the alumni network that is very insular and has a lockdown on a certain area or region, right? For example. Mm-hmm. So it can be very challenging to break into some areas. I, I've heard similar, I've heard similar um, things said about Texas in the past as well, about it can be a little difficult to break in and get jobs. Uh, same with Florida. Uh, you know, I ended up in Florida as a result of taking an assistant position um, because there's a, it's very difficult to, it seems to get hired um, in the top spot um, because a lot of people just, because Florida is such a different animal, right? So there's the expectation like, hey, we need someone Florida experience uh, in order to be a, a Florida city manager. And it's a, it's an interesting and challenging environment to, to work in when you see uh, you're not, you don't have the, the, uh, the paper, the degree from a certain school, right. In that region, or, right. or you're maybe not in the best of terms with, uh, with the recruitment firm. That's, you know, it has a, has a, um, I don't want to say a monopolistic control over that region, but has a, has a stranglehold on it. You know, uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, I won't get into specifics, but in a past life, when I was, uh, involved in politics, um, I took a run, um, I probably shouldn't even say this on this podcast, but I took a run at a city manager and um, I don't know what I should say here, but I took a run at a city manager and, and um, was basically trying to um, uh, prevent them from getting hired somewhere, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and here I am uh, roughly, you know, 15 years later and this person's working as a recruiter now for a recruitment firm. So it's like, ah, I just checked that firm off my list whenever he's, yeah. uh, whenever they're handling the, the recruitment. So, you know what I mean? So, uh, well, you, you learn, you know. <laughs> this is a very small world. Uh, it, it's very, very small world when it comes to city management and, you know, they're, uh, you know, it's a, you never know who you're pissing off or what, who you offended. And, uh, yeah, you gotta be, gotta tread lightly sometimes. Uh, but, um, well, that, that goes back to the saying, don't burn a bridge unless you know <laughs> you can rebuild it. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. The, the, that bridge will not be rebuilt. That's for sure. I can guarantee you on, on at least on that person's end, uh, there's no way in hell that would be happening. But, uh, yeah, you know, so you always got to be careful, but it can be a challenge with working with recruiters. One of the other things that I, since we're kind of talking about recruiters, and I don't want to turn this again into, a, you know, just criticize recruiters all day long. Because again, we both said philosophically speaking, we kind of think that recruiters are probably the, the way to go for these organizations that are looking for city managers. I just wish there's better communication, honestly, with the recruiters and the, and the candidates. I just feel that in this day and age, when we have so many ways of being in communication, whether, you know, instantaneous communication, the feedback is, it can be very, it's just so easy to provide feedback in the different you know, communication channels. It just boggles my mind that time and time again, one of the most common complaints I receive from city managers is that they will go through a process and the recruiter just does not engage in them in communication or in a timely fashion. In fact, you know, I had one, uh, I had a colleague of mine who was actually a finalist for a position and mm-hmm. was interested in this position, but could never get any feedback on the process. And ultimately they uh, opted to take a position somewhere else because they just couldn't wait around to get an answer from a recruiter that would not respond. It's just, it's just was a, was fascinating. And I get that kind of feedback all the time with respect to poor communication. I've always said that communication is one of the easiest things to do, but no one does it really. Yeah. You know, it, it, the key is to over communicate, but it's really hard to over communicate and it's really hard to talk about things. And it's almost comparable as a breakup. You know, I mean, who wants to break up with their significant other, their girlfriend or their boyfriend or something along those lines? 
Well, in a recruiter's eyes, you know, they're kind of breaking up with you. They don't necessarily want to confront you with these issues bad news. Or, yeah. Yeah, or the bad <laughs> news when really they should be the best at bearing this bad news because they, they do it on a regular basis. Really being honest with the person is probably the best route to go. But at the same time, it's probably really hard for them to do that, good or bad. But communicating is is the key to all of this stuff. And I think you probably would agree a lot of people just don't know how to communicate at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the common things that we see just with the uh, with breakups between councils and their city managers or city administrators is the common, one of the most common things I see in the articles I read is the uh, poor communication or an inability to sort of be on the same page with each other, you know? Um, And it's tough, you know, because communication is so easy and so difficult at the same time. And, uh, and, you know, that you mentioned a second ago about being honest and whatnot between the recruiter and the candidate. And one of the things that since I'm hoping to have some recruiters who are listening to this podcast, one of the things that I would like to see recruiters be better about is being more honest with the candidates about what is really going on with those communities. Right. And that involves the recruiter maybe taking more time to better understand the dynamics of why they're even looking for a a city manager in the first place, you know? And I think that there are times when these recruiters have more information about the environment that that, potential manners going into and they don't really divulge that information or share it with them. And I think that's sometimes very frustrating because at the end of the day, in my opinion, what I truly believe is that the recruiter's job is not just to find a candidate to fill the seat, but it's to find the right candidate that is going to be the best fit for that organization. And I think oftentimes, um, I just think oftentimes recruiters withhold information that they should be disclosing to candidates. And that's something I'd like to see improved with respect to our profession. Yeah. And I don't know if that is because of fear, you know, fear that the, the, the candidate doesn't want, won't want to apply for that job or won't want to be in, in an additional interview for it or what it is, but it's really not their decision to, to hold that information back. I mean, or they're right. I mean, they should be able to share that with them and have the candidate say, okay, yeah, that could be an issue, but I, that's a challenge that I'm willing to, to accept. And I'm, I'm willing to, to move forward with it. There are probably a lot of things that are held back when really in all actuality, they need to be shared with that candidate. So the candidate knows he's not stepping into something that he's going to regret six months right. down the road or, right. or a month down the road or even a week down the road. Yep. It goes, it just goes back to the honesty thing and the communication, be honest and forthright with the candidate, tell them what they need to know, tell them all of the past issues. If that community had past issues and also tell them about all the highlights, you know, yep. all the progressive things that are going on again, like, like we were talking about a bad breakup, it could be difficult to divulge some incriminating information about that community because in the end it would hurt their yeah. reputation as well. 
but but the thing is, is like, hey, we're all we're all grownups here, right? And we all know that every community is going to have its its negatives, and it's going to have its positives. And every city manager or candidate is going to have their strengths and their weaknesses. And there's no such thing really as the perfect community or the perfect manager. You know what I mean? And so right. I think I think we need to understand, like, hey, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. And let's have a little let's have more comprehensive discussions. I wanted to circle back to something because I was kind of cutting you off a little bit and I wanted to give you a chance to speak on it because I was really intrigued by it. You were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, going through the recruitment process, getting the rejection notices, kind of the impact on your psyche, competing against the individuals with a lot of experience and so forth and so on. I kind of wanted to have you break it down into two different sections. But one is I wanted to talk about how you in uh, in our pre-interview conversations, you told me you were a former athlete. So I think you're a competitive person. You have to have some mental toughness to that. Uh, and obviously when you're an athlete, you lose and you have to handle losing well. And, and obviously when you're recruiting, when you're applying for positions, and you don't get it, you, you know, sometimes you lose and you have to recover and, and, and pick yourself up. Right. Can you one, for the first part of this question, walk me through how you handle rejection and failure in that regard, when you're going through the recruitment process, especially when you don't have a job, you were applying for positions when you weren't working. Right. So that, that bank account's depleting on a monthly basis, right. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have the luxury of uh, jumping ship with a, with a, a job already in hand. And two, why do you think you were successful in getting the, why do you think they selected you in the beta? Yeah. So the first part, I am a very competitive person, even though it was really hard at the same time, it really wasn't. And the reason it wasn't was because I, I told myself, well, that's fine that you didn't get this job. That's fine that you didn't get an interview because the right job will come along and that's going to be the place that you're going to want to be at the place that you enjoy, you know? So I mean, yeah, it, it's hard seeing letter after letter, email after email saying that you're not the right fit or you're not qualified or, or those things. But at the same time, that's just the way of the land. I mean, going back to my comment, you're, you're not going to apply. The first job you apply for, chances are you're not going to get an interview for it. You know, and it's not necessarily, it, it doesn't necessarily have to do with your qualifi- qualifications. Maybe you are qualified. But maybe the other 20 people that have applied for it have more qualifications than you. You got to remember that I was only in this the city administration gig for a year and nine months. That's right. You know, so to me, I was thinking, well, you know, at least I have that under my belt. At least I'm not starting out fresh, not starting out new, never done this before. I can combat that. I can talk to him about why I was there for a year and nine months. I can talk to talk to anybody about why I want to be in the profession. And I always believe that too. I always said, all I got to do is get my foot in the door. If I get my foot in the door, I'm going to get that interview. I'm going to succeed with it. In the interviews that I w- was in, I was successful in it. I did go further along the, those process. Right. You know, the, it goes back to the first interview that I ever had for the city administration position. It was for Makoka to Iowa. I almost got to the finalist stage, and that would have been my first gig as a, as a city administrator. I felt that it was my personality that really got me to that, my progressive ideas, what I wanted to change or see in that community. So, you know, going back to your question, Really what got me through it is knowing that I was going to land a job. I just didn't know when. I just didn't know where it was going to be. But I knew I was going to land one. 
and it was going to be the the job that I chose to accept. I wasn't so, just going to accept a random job. So what would be your advice on the mental toughness, right? And man, I, I, did, I don't know if you listened to my podcast that I had with Stephen Wade, the suicidal city manager, where we I talked did. about mental toughness and what have you. And uh, I shared some of my some intimate stuff about my background being, you know, sexually molested as a child. Some of my struggles with the idea of where does mental health and mental, you know, where does mental health and mental weakness sort of begin and end? Because I do think a lot of times this country is getting a little soft in some of this dynamics. And you know, hey, you have to overcome adversity. So what, what are your thoughts as far as on mental toughness and maybe mindset and so forth and so on? What advice or recommendation would you give to someone in terms of saying, hey, I would work on my mental uh, mindset or mental toughness by doing X, Y, or Z or reading this book? Or do you have any thoughts on that? You know, I like quotes. Uh, so I, I read a lot of quotes, you know, positive quotes. I'm naturally a a pretty positive person. I'm naturally a very competitive person. So if I didn't get a job, I just, to me, I said, well, that's fine. If they didn't want me, then obviously it's not the right place for me. And I'm going to get a job and then I'm going to show everybody what they're missing out on. I just kept on telling myself, it's not personal. It's not personal. You're going to get the job. You just weren't the right fit for that, that job, for that community. Keep going at it because Numbers don't lie. The more jobs you apply for, you're about you're going to land one of them, at least one of them. The other thing is, is reach out to the recruiters. Straight up, ask them why you don't, why they're not looking at you. What what is wrong? What can I change about my resume? What can I change about my cover letter? What can I do that's going to make me more appealing to these other jobs? Did you were you able to get some good feedback in your recruitments that you were not getting selected on? Yeah, I did. Yep, and. Really, a lot of them said you need to hit some of the keywords in your in your cover letter. Okay. Talk about what you have done that this community is looking for. Right. So if the community is looking for housing, talk about your housing efforts on what you've achieved or what you can achieve or the things that you want to do when it comes to housing. Right. Housing is easy because everybody needs housing. Yeah. You know, so that that's something that that's why I brought that example up. That's something I've talked about with a lot of uh, our peers. And so, you know, at the end of the day, we as city manager candidates, we have to present ourselves as a solution to their problem. So you have to figure out what their problem or problems are, and then you have to be able to market yourself or convey how you're able to be a solution and answer those problems. Because at the end of the day, we're problem solvers, right? They have Mm -hmm. a pain point and we are, they have a pain point and we as city managers are basically our job is to reduce that pain or alleviate that pain point. So you got to communicate how you can do that. How did you end up landing the job in Nevada? You know, cause you, like I said, you had less than two years of experience and you went through that process. You didn't get a sniff through the, uh, the original process with the recruitment firm that they use. And then when they went in house, uh, you were more successful. Why do you think ultimately you were victorious in landing this gig? Personally, I think the mayor saw something in me. I, I think he did some research on me and looked at my resume and, and thought that I would be a good fit. So I got an interview and, and I'll be honest, my first interview with them was not very impressive. It, it really wasn't. I, <laughs> one of my council members who, who's still a council member, he told me, he said, I, I wasn't very impressed on your first council member on your first interview. And I said, well, I guess I'm glad I got the job then. I'm glad I got a second interview, you know, but. Why did you um, suck in that first interview? Were you just nervous? What happened? I think I was just nervous. Yeah. 
I said some things I probably shouldn't. So I'm from Nebraska and I'm a huge avid Nebraska fan. And don't tell me you dropped some Cornhusker smack talk or something, did you? I don't know. Oh, a little bit, you know, but, <laughs> you know, so I, I said something about the Cornhuskers and I think that really uh, did not help my cause. So, um, and I'm not a Hawkeye fan at all. I, I do not like the Hawkeyes and our mayor is a huge Hawkeye fan, you know, so. It's funny now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny now. Yeah. But, um, but no, it, it just did not go very well. And that was a zoom. I don't do very good over zoom either. I'm, Okay. Yeah. But during the pandemic, right? This was, uh, I forgot. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm more of a face to face person to person. I want to see your emotions. I want to see your facial reactions. And I think that hurt me. Luckily they gave me another shot and I was able to meet in person and it was basically all set up in one day and they had three different interview groups and there was probably about 15 people in each one of the interview groups. So they had city leaders from different boards, different commissions, random citizens in the community as well. My first interview that I went in there, it was actually the interview that was in our senior center with a group of people. I bombed it. I did not do very, I was so nervous. <laughs> so this is, so you, you bombed another interview too? Yeah. Man, you're, you're, you're snatching uh, <laughs> defeat from the jaws of victory every which way, huh? To, to my, to my uh, defense, my, my current public safety director, he was grilling me with questions. And that, that's how he is. Even to this day, he, he just grills with questions because yeah. he's a very curious person. Yeah. Sounds like and me. So, yeah. So, you know, and I was like, man, I don't even know how to answer this guy, you know? And, <laughs> Like, and he's going to be my public safety director, you know, which he ended up being one of my closest friends and allies. And and I still talk with him about any issues that I have. And he, he helps me through some things as well. So didn't do very well. And he even told me that later on. He's like, yeah, you didn't do very well, man. I was like, <laughs> I know I could tell. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You, you, um, yeah. You were part of the reason why I didn't do very well. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I slowly progressed and got a little bit better. And I was able to be more definite, uh, definite with my answers. And I was able to define those answers a little bit better in the further interviews. And I think the final interview, uh, which actually was the fourth interview, uh, with just the council and our city attorney, I think I really was able to, to hit on all of the things that I was all about which ended up happening, happening to be what they were about as well. Yeah. So we, we were able to see eye to eye uh, on a lot of things. Now I didn't get a, uh, a 6-0 vote, you know, to get hired there. I think there was maybe one or two council members that did not necessarily think I was the right person for the, for the job, which right. is more than okay. But for the most part, I, I did, I was able to secure that job by just being myself and, sharing my viewpoint on things. And, and the other thing that helped me out, I knew a lot about the community. I spent yeah. hours upon hours studying the community, looking at statistics, projects, combing through all their stuff on online, figuring out who all worked in the positions, how long they're in those positions. So I, I did my homework on it. I'm very, I'm very confident that that is probably the major, most likely reason why you got, I mean, we not, I wasn't there for any interviews, obviously, you know, you didn't, you didn't interview very well by your own admission. I think communities always respect and appreciate when a candidate takes the time 
to learn about their community. And I think that's very important. And I think that's something that a lot of city manager candidates could be better about is investing that time to apply for, uh, invest that time to uh, learn more about the community. Because I do think that these small towns, especially, they're very they're very protective of, of their community, their hometown, and they take a lot of pride in where they live. And, and they want you they want you to be a part of that community. And the way you show that you're going to be a part of that community is by learning about it and having that intimate knowledge and being able to communicate that. So I think that's definitely was a was a huge uh, factor in your getting that position. Well, and as they should be, they should be protective over their community. I mean, they're they're on the council. They're the ones that are yep. making the decisions. So they should be very protective. And, and that would be my advice for for people that are having troubles or struggles with the interview process is know the city you're applying for. When you are redoing a cover letter for a city, when you send it into another city, don't send the same cover letter. Update it to fit that city's needs. Same with your resume. Don't send the same resume over and over again because chances are you're sending it to the same recruiting firm that's seeing the exact same resume. That's a well, good point. Yep. And the, and they say, oh, well, it's this guy again. It's Jordan yeah. Cook doing the same thing over and over again. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But by chance, you usually hit a different recruiter within that firm. And that recruiter is looking at those resumes, looking at the things. And what they want to see is they want to see basically in your resume what the city is actually looking for. So yeah. if the if the city's saying that they need more housing or they need a more vibrant night style. Put things in your resume that you've done in the past that has created a more yep. vibrant lifestyle yep. or what you have done to create more housing opportunities. Communicate how you're that solution, right? To that problem. That's exactly. exactly right. It, exactly right. And that was actually one of the things I said in my interview is, is if there's a problem, I can find that solution for it. I just have to be able to break that problem down and actually get to the root of the problem. Because the only way you're going to find a solution is if you actually know the true meaning of that problem. Absolutely. Hey, you know, we're going to wrap up this interview here. I want to kind of end on this little parting question with you, Jordan, uh, since we're basically at the hour mark here. Uh, you know, I'm a transplant. I moved to the Midwest, uh, Kansas, back in 2018. Uh, I've grown to really appreciate the the people here, the the culture, the just the values in in the heartland of the United States. And you know, there's a lot of small communities in Kansas, and I really, uh, I'm sure you've seen on my post and on my podcast from time to time. I I'm a booster of Kansas. I like to talk about uh, building a city manager career. I think a lot of people should who are aspiring to be city managers, city administrators, that they should you know take a shot. You know, look at it from out of state, and yeah, there's going to be a culture change. It's going to be an adjustment. But, you know, come out here, you know, get a job, spend two years, three years, you know, get that first title and then you can bounce into a, you know, a larger city or something or go back to another state or what have you. Uh, you know, in Kansas, we have a lot of small towns that struggle to get a lot of applicants or quality applicants for their vacancies. Do you have any thoughts on that in Iowa? Have you have any, any insight on that as far as uh, small towns and and candidates and the applicant pool and openness to outsiders and so forth and so on for those who might be wanting to aspire to become a city manager but don't really know where to to you know break into the field i would say the midwest is uh i mean obviously i'm from nebraska which is the mid midwest as well but i'd say the midwest is probably the best place to be for a lot of city administrators the people are friendly they're great as long as you're honest with them, they're going to be honest with you as well. Don't let a small community 
hold you down. Don't don't think, oh gosh, it's only fifteen hundred people. That's going to be horrible. I I want to live in a city that's at least thirty thousand people. Be honest with yourself. If it's not the right fit, don't apply for it. But also, don't be afraid to take a chance on something. It's only two years. Two years goes by in a flash of an eye. Sure I mean, does. It, it's it's really insane how fast time goes. You know, and a lot of these smaller communities understand that they're they're only going to be there for a couple of years. Be honest with them. Don't be afraid to take a chance. The Midwest is a great place. I've lived in a lot of different states, and I've always gravitated back to the Midwest, always. And I think it's because of the people. I don't like the cold. I hate the cold, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's manageable, you know? I mean, it's only a few months out of the year that you're freezing your, your backside off. So don't be afraid to take a chance. Once yeah. you're in the Midwest, it's going to be hard to leave because it's it's just a great place to be. I mean, some of the music and the styles don't get to you as fast, but eventually, <laughs> eventually, eventually they'll get to you, get to you, you know. But um, you know, cost of living is usually cheaper. You know, I can go to California, I can go to New York, and most people know I'm from the Midwest because of how I talk and how yeah. I how I treat other people. You know, so, um, yeah, just don't be afraid to dip in and get your toes wet a little bit. And the worst that can happen is you're gone in two years and you're finding a job elsewhere that fits you and your personality and the community a lot better. Yep. Yep. But you have that experience and it allows you to get to uh, the next opportunity. And, you know, my first job was in a small town just outside of Wichita, about 1700 people and awesome mayor named Brian Chapman. I love the man. He took a shot on me, uh, my first city administrator gig, and I was very above board with him. And I said, Hey, I'm only going to be here for a couple of years. This is a stepping stone job. And he goes, I get it. I understand. I know where we're at in the, the, the pecking order of things. And that's okay. As long as you give me a hundred percent over those two plus years, uh, we'll be good. That's what I did. So, and I built my resume and jumped to the next spot and jumped to the next spot. So, uh, yeah, if you're an aspiring city manager, you're in the, you know, on the coast somewhere, you're not sure where you break in, you're a management analyst. I, I always say, give the Midwest a look. There's a lot of cities out there who are looking for talent and it's hard for them to get an applicant pool because people obviously write them off without even considering them. And, and you know, there's a lot of good gigs, a lot of good people. And you know what, there's, you're going to learn a lot more as a small town city manager than you will ever learn as a management analyst or an assistant to in a large community, in my opinion, because you're going to have oh, hands yeah. on real world experience. You have more hats, hats to sit on and, you know, and I'll, I'll end kind of on this, you know, Iowa, and I, I can probably say this is the way it is in Kansas as well, because I, I actually have a good a good friend that is a city administrator in Kansas as well. Who's and that? Brent Clark. Oh, in Valley 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 Center. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. He's a character. Yes, he is. He's, and he's from Nebraska too, I believe. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's why we're so good friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, Iowa City Administrative and Manager Association, our League of Cities, it's a very close group. We help each other out. We support each other. We bounce ideas off of each other. It's not competitive. And I would say that Kansas is probably the same way. Amazing people, amazing managers, yeah. very supportive. It's so, yeah. And that, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get back in the field was because I missed that. I missed associating with them, talking with them, having conversations, 
having a beer with them when we're on on breaks on things and and so don't be afraid to do that and don't be afraid to reach out to people because we're all here to help you absolutely Absolutely. Well, hey, Jordan, we're going to wrap up. Jordan Cook, Nevada, Iowa City Administrator. Thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. My name is Joe Turner. This is the City Manager Unfiltered Podcast, a podcast for city managers and other uh, public sector executives. If you really like the show, you appreciate what we're doing here, please uh, follow, subscribe, and also leave a rating and review on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening. And until next time, catch you later. Bye.